0: It's March 6th, 2019. Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's technology, innovation, and entrepreneur, entrepreneurship. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we have Daniel Cordial from Leeward Community College. He joins us with an update on the Information and Computer Science Career Fair. And then Christine Sakuda from Transform Hawaii Government joins us to talk about several bills moving through the legislature First up, I want to congratulate the Hawaii Technology Development Corporation, who actually had a blessing today for the Entrepreneur Sandbox. And this is a—it's uh, kind of a co-working space, an innovation space, and it's uh, been uh, something that has been in the works for I think the last uh, several years. Probably, if you talk to Lin Higashi, probably like five years. And once they got everything rolling, I think the actual build, uh, breaking ground and, and final was maybe 10 months, so it's, it was pretty quick after that. But uh, they finally had their blessing, and it's over in Kakaako, right next to the UH, UH Med School. So if you are driving by the Med School, you'll see the Entrepreneur Sandbox, and it's a pretty impressive uh, space. So I want to congratulate the. Hawaii Technology Development Corporation for accomplishing that. I think it's going to be a great thing. Next up, I want to welcome Daniel Cordial from Leeward Community College, and he's here to tell us about the Information and Computer Science Career
1: Fair. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Bert. Thank you for having me today.
0: Now, this show has been going on for several years now, right? Yes. And uh, how many years do do
1: you recall? Um. From what I've heard, around 11.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow, that's pretty good. So in terms of the actual fair, this career fair, it's, it's kind of geared to the students. I mean, what are, you, what are you trying to present to the students as an opportunity?
1: So what we're trying to do at Leeward Community College is to develop students who are career ready. Mm-hmm. So in um, part of that, we invite industry speakers to speak to it with our students to let them know what kind of skills that they would need to succeed in the industry. So upon having these guest speakers we want to invite other industry partners to who are looking to employ entry level positions um with a 2 year degree and also for 4 year degrees as well.
0: So with the uh with the people that are presenting the industry representatives are they looking for? Um, are they looking to hire people right off the, right at the, you know, at the event itself, or are they just encouraging people to continue their studies? And once they're done with perhaps their four-year degree, these are some of the careers that might be uh, available to them.
1: So they're actually looking to hire um, entry-level workers mm-hmm. at this point in time with a two-year degree mm-hmm. and also offer different types of internships for students to gain relevant experience prior to going to the industry.
0: Wow, that's great. So who is this uh, event open to?
1: So it's we mainly target our students in the Information Computer Science program at Leeward Community College but it's also open to the public and to the community. Mm -hmm. Um, The uh, invitation's been sent out to our sister campuses and with UH West Oahu as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, give me a sense of who might be
0: there representing the industry.
1: Okay, so we have a few vendors. um, To name some would be Hawaiian Airlines Mm -hmm. is looking to hire, uh, as well as the National Security Agency is looking to start up their their recruiting interns um, for students interested in going to the Department of Defense
0: what are what are some of the jobs that uh, you know of that might be available to some of the students
1: so at this point in time there's a lot of um like database specialists a lot of help desk a lot of um entry level i t support jobs mm-hmm. so um they also have more executive positions open um but for our students they are not quite there yet mm-hmm. so it's more of getting their feet wet and making sure they're really prepared to enter the industry.
0: And, and uh, give me a quick, uh, what kind of courses are being offered at Leeward that will help sort of prepare students for a career in this area?
1: So at Leeward, we've been awarded our um, Center for Academic Excellence in Cybersecurity mm-hmm. um, in 2018. So we are focused more in the cybersecurity industry at this point in time. So some courses that would prep students for the industry would be like ethical hacking, computer forensics, and like introduction to scripting and um, similar courses like that.
0: Wow. Uh, Have you seen a a kind of an uptick in attendance in those classes? Is there the the sort of corresponding interest by the students in in that field?
1: Yes, definitely. A lot of um, veterans have been coming to Leeward to utilize their um, GI Bill to continue their education in the Information Computer Science program with the goal of getting their four-year degree, completing it at... UH West Oahu's Information Security Assurance Program.
0: Well, oh, that's very good. So, Daniel, tell us again where and when is this taking, ha- taking place?
1: Okay. So this, will, this event is happening next week, Wednesday, March 13th at mm-hmm. uh, Leeward Community College Education Building Room 201A from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m.
0: Very good. And this, uh, if anybody wants to go check out uh, on the web more information, where might they go?
1: So our website would be www.leeward.hawaii.edu slash ICS. And us would have the most up-to-date program information for prospective students. Oh,
0: very good. Well, thanks, Daniel, for joining us.
1: Of course. Thank you for having me today.
0: And we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Christine Sakuda from Transform Hawaii Government. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
1: Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Wealth Jar, Kaiser
0: Permanente, and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training.
1: In my line of work, being engaged in what's happening in the world is important. I also enjoy the music and other programming that sparks my imagination. And I could not imagine living here without HPR 1 and 2. And so I'm glad to be a listener as well as a member and supporter.
0: Member supported. Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe and all joining us is Christine Sakuda, and she is the Executive Director of Transform Hawaii Government. I want to welcome you to Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks
2: for having me, Bert. Happy to be here.
0: Now, Transform Hawaii Government, uh, I am actually uh, part of the leadership, uh, uh, I don't know, committee, and it's been around for uh, a while. In fact, I think it was formed back when Sonny Bagualio was the the CIO. So that's probably back that's in, right. I don't know, twenty. 12 2013 yes. well, 2011 2012 around there. Yes. So it's been around for a little while and at that point in time it was uh, kind of a project in Hawaii Community Foundation.
2: Yes, that's right. Right.
0: So take us up to where you kind of got involved because I know what it what happened was that um, it moved from being a project to actually being a 501c3 standalone nonprofit and you're the
2: first executive director. So when did that sort of transition happen? Yes, thank you. Sure. Well, Transform Hawaii Government was incorporated in 2016, and um, I think HCF felt at the time, Hawaii Community Foundation felt at the time that uh, the coalition that was developed at the time that you mm-hmm. mentioned, around 2012, to support the first state CIO really needed to stand on its own uh, and give, give a clear voice to the Transform Hawaii Government coalition so it, it incorporated in 2016 and I joined in May of 2017 as the first executive director.
0: Now did, uh, okay, so let me, let me um, recollect, because I know when I was involved, we were really kind of tasked, uh, this leadership coalition was tasked to help bring the message to the community as to what kind of IT transformation was taking shape inside government. So it was kind of the outward facing community uh, outreach piece of the the messaging, so when you got involved, how did that did that change? Did it evolve? How did you reshape transform Hawaii gov now being at the leadership helm
2: well we, the coalition the transform Hawaii government coalition is still active, and we have over three hundred members in the community and they are a combination of individuals, but more recently they 've been um, organizations and stakeholders that perhaps interact with state government, they do business with state governments, or they're vendors with state government. And we really are shifting a little bit to not only communicate what's happening within state government, all of the digital transformation that's occurring within state government to the community, but we also look to do the opposite, where we our coalition really looks to support the transformation um, within state government, mm-hmm. and so therefore you know sometimes um, technology modernization is not really sexy, and so yet it's it 's a critical part of the underpinnings of of a business, and the state government 's the biggest business in the state of Hawaii and so we really appreciate that and look for stakeholders that help to support that
0: mm-hmm. now in 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 terms of the the membership that you mentioned, you had you know three hundred that 's three hundred. It's an assortment of individuals as well as businesses. How does someone or some company get involved with Transform Hawaii Gov?
2: Well, THG has um, long had a, uh, a coalition on its website, a place to actually join the coalition, join the movement, we call it, on our website. Um, we actually recently revamped our website mm-hmm. Uh, and so the it's very easy to f- to find the, the place to join the coalition at transformhawaii.gov.org, and in addition to that, we also post some of our priority initiatives, of which one of them is really um, tracking le- key legislation at the legislature on um, different initiatives that really support um, modernizing state government services. So if you if somebody wanted to actually join as a member, I mean it's a it's a
0: it's a free membership, it, right? That's
2: right. It's free. It's free to the public. It's just purely um, we seek those people and individuals, uh, those people and organizations that are very interested in supporting transform a transformation of state government services. And um, you know, so it's really anyway, It's very. It's a very fluid process, you know, and it's hard to find sometimes people that uh, you know. Of course, everyone has a story of how they're affected by um, government services. But we're actually really looking for people that that really want to play a more active role in supporting uh, the transformation of state government. And and it's very difficult, and it takes many, many years to not only leverage technology but also um, support workforce development and helping the current workforce and future workforce in embracing the technology and using the technology. Processes can change, which are very disruptive, and we really – appreciate that. And so we're always really looking for ways to support that effort within state government.
0: Now, over the course of the time that you've uh, been the executive director, I mean, what are ways that the organization has been able to reach out to the the public? I know you've had several events. Maybe you can share a little bit about some of the events that you've uh, held.
2: Sure. We've had um, a speaker series that occurred over six months of last year, open to the public. And that speaker series really highlighted certain key areas of government technology transformation. And I do want to pause and say, you know, what is transformation? Mm -hmm. And um, Transform Hawaii Government does really focus on supporting a digital and modern government in order for the government to really share services with the public efficiently, effectively, transparently, by really, really leveraging technology. And so, our speaker series last year was really designed to do that.
0: Well, you know, and, and in terms of uh, the timing of a lot of this, I know uh, <coughs> Omidyar Foundation had a key role in getting the CIO position established, mm-hmm. and and uh, that was never there before. So I think it was a, a key recognition that the the state needed somebody at the helm of information technology and the CIO would have been that. And then you've you've had the, uh, <coughs> and then there's uh, there's been you know several um key CIOs who, you know, Sonny Bagwalia and then you had Keoni Kali and then Todd Nakapoy and then now Doug uh, Doug Murdoch. Yeah. So so there's a there's been uh, a person in the position at that leadership helm and and that's really kind of a uh, testament to the investment that sort of Pierre Omidyar started with having the CIO position established. Is that
2: correct? Yeah, that's right. He he has been a key supporter through the Hawaii Community Foundation Technology Transformation Fund, and um, the the community through the Hawaii Technology Transformation Fund really is committed to supporting um, a modern government mm-hmm. so that we can all receive services. And so we are on our fourth CIO who was recently confirmed in the in the uh, technology committee under um, Sen- um, Senator Jared k Kololi and I'll be looking for his final confirma- confirmation later on this month right
0: and when <clears throat> when you talk about uh, you know the i t transformation and you know the state uh, being as as big an enterprise as it is with multiple departments spanning a whole slew of different functions how do you get information processed through all of those uh, what we would perhaps term silos and that's know, a to, great to, question to, to move from <laughs> some, some pretty antiquated systems yes. to and you know IT changes so quickly it does and then you have to you know I mean and, and state sometimes isn't the quickest mover in terms of uh, you know adoption of technology how do you how do you get um, from from let's say transform Hawaii gov how do you get state government to move quicker?
2: Well, that's a good question. I, th- I think one of the things that I've, I've realized as since I've been on as the executive director is that I haven't met a state worker that wasn't really committed to their job and that they really want to, many of whom want to really leverage technology and are looking for ways to do that. So I think one of the key efforts is really to support the state departments and the, the the administration and the legislature and what do they need to really help modernize technology systems within state government. Mm-hmm. And the the state CIO has a tough job because they sit in, in kind of the in the center and the departments really sit around that center or the CIO really supports the departments as business units. And so it's a lot of different departments to really um, interact with and create some standards of interoperability among them. So I mean, I applaud the efforts of all the CEOs that have have tried to do that up until now. And I do think it does take consistent pressure and um, to keep technology modernization as a priority of state government. Um, People always seem to assume that the government kind of keeps up with technology, but that's not always the case as priorities shift and change. Mm -hmm. And I do think it is a um, and the coalition thinks that it's a a critical piece of delivering services effectively mm-hmm. uh, you know in in terms of um some of the
0: work that you took on when you first got the job, I know one of which was a strategic plan, mm-hmm. so what was the process that you had to go through from basically being outside as from Hawaii gov to influence and encourage the Work to produce a strategic plan that was going to be used internally.
2: Well, we knew that um, historically there had been a, a strategic plan developed back in 2012 under the the first modern CIOs, and there actually had been technology leads. They weren't called CIOs at the time before the the modern CIO. I guess Sunny Bhagwali came on, mm-hmm. but under under his leadership, a technology transformation plan was developed. It was very robust, very big, and very ambitious. Almost too much so. It was very hard to implement. And so um, when I joined Transform Hawaii Government, uh, we asked what's happening with the strategic plan. And, you know, we were told at the time that that, um, a plan hadn't really been updated. Mm -hmm. And so I think we do feel that a plan is really acts as a North Star to really help the departments and help the state and the community that wants to support transformation point to uh, in the same direction. And so fortunately, there was some, some support to the legislature on that, which resulted in the passing of House Concurrent Resolution 94 last year that asked the, um, the IT, the Information and Technology Steering Committee that was attached to the state CIO's office to really lead the state through a technology transformation plan development. So mm-hmm. that, took co- that took place over the last six months of last year and into this year as well. Um, and it really was a, a great process that included the IT steering committee that is attached to the state CIO, and the state CIO is the chair of that committee. And that committee includes public and private sector representatives, and in, including uh, one member of the legislature, uh, Representative Kyle Yamashita. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the support of the IT steering committee, there were work group sessions that were convened in the community. That included 30 to 40 members in addition to the ETS staff, the state CIO staff. So it was a very collaborative effort to really have honest discussions about, you know, what is the vision for the state IT strategic plan? Why is it important? I mean, what is it supporting, and how, how can it really benefit the community?
0: Were, were you at the center of facilitating that process, and who, who helped you? I mean, you're just you're just one person. I mean, how did you get 30 people together you know, in, in different uh, efforts to
2: collaborate and ideate and come up with a plan? Well, this, the state CIO and ETS really led that development uh, and had worked with a, a strategic planning facilitator, and they really mm-hmm. kind of paired up and and developed a, the framework to do the the strategic plan development, which is still in process and is getting um, finalized as we well, speak. So,
0: so I do want to talk about some of the bills because I think what what is interesting is that there there is actually a bill to codify the need for uh, a strategic plan every four years. So there we're is. going to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Christine Sakuda. And we'll talk about some key legislation moving through this uh, session. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
1: Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming.
0: Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Health, Ulupono Initiative, and Impact Hub Honolulu co working. Welcome back. This is Bike Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Christine Sakuda from Transform Hawaii Government, and we're talking about the, uh, I guess, the process by which the group, Transform Hawaii Gov, on the outside, external, sort of 501c3, has helped to influence some of the activity internally in in the form of this uh, strategic plan. And in conjunction with the strategic plan, which I think, you know, was happening anyway, but it wasn't really codified in terms of being in Hawaii Revised Statutes or anything, right? So, what is the bill that uh, now codifies that that whole effort?
2: Well, there there is a bill in the legislature, House Bill five three one and Senate Bill two one nine that requires a state IT strategic plan to be updated every four years. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's in the off years of of the governor's terms intentionally. And the reason for that is because the plan should really be independent uh, in order to kind of give it longevity to be independent of any governor's term uh, and any kind of legislative term. So it's, it was designed to really do that. And it was required because in, in the absence of, of having a strategic plan um, – the departments just really kind of work and do great work, but independently. And the plan really helps to to gel and coalesce the different efforts together so that in the end of the day, systems integrate.
0: Right, right. That's a great point in that, uh, you know, if it's done in sort of the middle of a term, then at least there's uh, some implementation that starts to take place. And it's not something that could just be tossed aside, you know, with a, a new administration. Uh, in, in terms of um, the eventual rollout of the strategic plan, where where is this version at? In terms of the stage that uh, you went through and now ready to ready to sort of release to the public.
2: Well, the House Concurrent Resolution ninety four that asked for the strategic plan um, expected the plan to be delivered uh, in December of twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. and I think with the transition of the CIOs from one to another. Um, that process was delayed. And so with the new CIO coming on, Doug Murdoch, in January, I'm really happy that he's embraced the strategic plan um, and in fact was one of the participants in the work groups along the way. And he has really agreed to finalize the strategic plan with the IT Steering Committee and it's taking some time, so I think they're trying to take time to do it right um, the plan should really be actionable and in, implementable, mm-hmm. but also visionary. So it's kind of a tall order. And um, I think as, as Doug really kind of gets up to speed and, and gets, you know, uh, transition in, transitions in as the new state CIO, we're going to see a finalization of, the, finalization of the plan hopefully in the next couple of months.
0: How would this plan then get rolled out to some of the respective groups or departments in, in the state?
2: Well, I mean, that's a good question. I think I'd leave that for the state CIO to, to answer. But I hope that the plan really provides common language and a platform to, to jump off of, um, to um, socialize the, the state government strategic plan with the departments and f- and to really ask the departments, how can the plan help you? What mm-hmm. kind of technology does your department need? What other departments do you need to interact and work with? And how can... You know, what do you need to really help serve the public with technology, um, modern technology? And so we, we look forward to um, inviting the, Doug Murdoch, the state CIO, and the IT Steering Committee to perhaps speak to the coalition and speak to the public about um, what the different priorities are within the state IT strategic plan, and how can really the public also partner with the state government to support those modernization efforts.
0: Now, a couple other bills that are moving, uh, and, and we've kind of gone through crossover, so a lot of these bills are now in their uh, respective um, uh, House or Senate. So the other one that's kind of interesting is the establishment of the chief data officer, So give me a little genesis of that and and, uh, where is that at?
2: Well, we're really excited that there is a bill, um, House Bill 532 and 1001, Senate Bill 1001, which asks for a state um, chief data officer and a data task force. And, you know, some states say that data is the strategic asset of state government. And I believe that to be true because you can't manage what you can't measure. Mm-hmm. And in this day and age, when when um, outcomes are are a focus of um, of efforts, that it, the underpinnings of that is data. And so the chief data officer is really, I think, a, plays a pivotal role in partnering with the state CIO um, to focus have focused efforts on. Um, what is the data strategy? you know where is data at right now within the different departments? Um, what are the challenges between departments on sharing data internal to state government but also publicly and um how do we kind of create a strategy around that so we 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 get we capture the data that we need um, this that the state government captures the data that they need and and that they're able to really use that to make um strategic decisions at the leadership level, but also to help implement programs and, and, and really showcase and justify programs in the different departments.
0: Have you seen any, uh, let's say, objections or, or obstacles within the, the legislative process that might, you know, let's say, stall a bill, or are they pretty much moving with fairly robust support?
2: Well, I, I'm not aware that there has there have been any objections to the bill. I think... Uh, having a chief data officer within the state, and and this is a growing trend across states across the country, mm-hmm. is you know a chief information officer can't do everything all on their own, and so there is wide recognition of the value of a chief data officer um, to really support technology and, and data within state government. So I ha- we have not heard of any opposition to that, and in fact, there's been a lot of community support. In uh, the Chief Data Officer position, as well as the chief the, the data task Force
0: so in terms of the the bills that are moving through this session, uh, is there anything that you would like to perhaps you know, ask the general public to support some of these efforts
2: well, we definitely would like support to see support for both these bills, one for the kind of the perpetuation of a, st- of a state i t strategic plan and also for the data bills. Mm-hmm. And they can the public can find out more information on the Transform Hawaii Gov website.
0: Yeah, in fact, you post up all the priority bills we do. right up on the website. We do,
2: and there's quite a few bills um, related to technology. There's some broadband bills that are re- related to technology um, you know, uh, that, are, that are moving through the legislature. And so um, it, I would encourage the public to go to transformhawaii.gov at i I'm sorry, transformhawaiigov.org to check it out.
0: And I'll put that up on our show notes uh, for later on this evening. Great. Christine Sakuda is the Executive Director of Transform Hawaii Government. I want to thank you for joining us today.
2: Thank you, Bert. Happy to be here.
0: And thank you for joining us uh, and listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we will find out about the next Nalukai Academy. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. Or, of course, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR1 every Wednesday or anytime on the HPR app, iTunes, and Stitcher. You stay awesome. And we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.